The Holy Gospel according to the sixth chapter of Mark. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret and moored the boat. When they got out of the boat, people at once recognized him and rushed about that whole region and began to bring the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages or cities or farms, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch even the fringe of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. The Gospel of the Lord. Her heart is big and her plate is full. That's what I thought after coffee with a friend of mine. She is a married mother of two, working a full-time job, caring for her aging parents along with her siblings, some who are more attentive and helpful than others. And she's helping her husband care for his elderly aunt who has no other family and who has dementia and who is declining, meaning she won't be able to live independently much longer, and who, by the way, lives out of state. My friend is a generous servant, and she speaks of these responsibilities with genuine love and compassion. As I said, her heart is big, and her plate is full. At coffee, she confided that recently she made a careless mistake at work. It was fixable, though it resulted in a fair amount of extra work for her colleagues. She felt horrible, in part because this was so unlike her, but especially so because she burdened her coworkers. She offered this as an explanation. I'm just so tired. Between work and my parents, and his aunt, and her voice trailed off. And then she said, I'm getting less than four hours of sleep a night. I know I made that mistake at work because I'm running on empty, but what can I do? I can't just quit my job or ignore my parents, and who would take care of his aunt? Her heart is big. And her plate is full, and from her vantage point, beneath all of the spinning plates, the obvious, some much-needed rest, doesn't even seem like a viable option. In today's Gospel reading from the sixth chapter of Mark, the disciples had just returned from their first mission trip. They were reporting to Jesus all they had done and taught since they'd been sent out two by two into the surrounding villages. I imagine that report was both animated and enthusiastic in spite of the fact that the disciples were undoubtedly exhausted, 
according to scripture, they had no time for leisure, even to eat. In response to their stories of healing and casting out demons and teaching and proclaiming the good news, Jesus said to them, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. Together, they climbed into a boat and headed across the water for a little R&R for some much needed time and space apart to catch their breath, to eat, to refuel, and to be restored before returning to the demands of ministry. You know what happened next. According to the Bible, many saw them going, recognized them, and hurried there from all of the towns and arrived ahead of them. Can you imagine the scene? These people were in hot pursuit. They were so determined that they traveled faster on foot than the disciples and Jesus did by water. Now, the Bible doesn't say how the disciples reacted when they saw the crowd waiting for them, but it doesn't matter because what the Bible does tell us is how Jesus reacted. Quoting from verse 34, it says, He went ashore, he saw a great crowd, he had compassion for them, and he began to teach them many things. He, of course, being Jesus. Jesus went ashore, Jesus saw a great crowd, Jesus had compassion for them, and Jesus began to teach them many things. Which invites the question, If Jesus was the one having compassion and doing the teaching and responding to the crowd and meeting their needs, then what were the disciples doing? What were they doing? I imagine they were doing precisely what Jesus had invited them to do in the first place and what so many of us resist. I imagine they rested. Of course, we know that rest is good for us, but that doesn't mean it comes easy. We live in a world that is always on. Technology has allowed us to check and answer email during dinner, on our time off, in the middle of the night, in the very first thing in the morning. Is it even acceptable to be unavailable anymore? We also live in a world that has elevated busy to a status symbol. In her book, An Altar in the World, Barbara Brown Taylor writes, in China, the polite answer to the question, how are you, is, I'm very busy, thank you. And we live in a world that is moving so very fast, so fast that if you are not present for even a minute of it, you risk missing out on something important or being passed over or worse yet, being replaced. And we live in a world of our own prideful design that insists without us and our work and our service, things are likely to fall apart. None of this, of course, is a purely modern problem. God knew that we would have a hard time resting, which explains why the Bible is so full of invitations 
and promises and reminders, even commands for us to rest. In fact, rest is built right into the fabric of creation itself. You remember from the second chapter of Genesis, listen carefully. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and hallowed it. Did you catch that? In the words of Abraham Heschel, the first holy thing in all of creation was not a people or a place, but a day. God made everything in creation and called it good, but when God rested on the seventh day, God called it holy. Heschel continues, that makes the seventh day a place in time into which human beings are invited every single week of our lives. Not only are we invited to rest, but we're also promised rest. To the people of Israel who were just about to enter the wilderness where they would spend the next 40 years, God said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And we're reminded to rest. The writer of Hebrews says, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. And of course, we've been commanded to rest. The fourth, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. But the Bible goes beyond that. Should establishing rest as a pattern at creation, should inviting us to rest, should promising rest, should reminding us to take our rest in God, and even should commanding us to rest regularly, should none of that prove to be effective in getting us to settle down? Then there's Psalm 23 which informs us that God is so serious about our rest that he actually takes it into his own hands. Verse 2 says, He makes me lie down in green pastures, which sounds an awful lot like he puts us to bed. There's such a valuable lesson in today's gospel, especially for those of us who are running on empty but cannot see a way to refill, which is all of us at one time or another, right? So please hear this. When the crowds press in against you, when they seem to always beat you to the other side, when the demands of your life are overwhelming, when the spinning plates overhead start to wobble and threaten to come crashing down, and when your ability to be fully present to those who need you and to those you love and serve, when that is compromised because you're running on empty and because your capacity to give is finite, know this. 
while you allow yourself to lie down in the green pasture and to take your rest in the presence of God, in your absence, the needs of those you love and serve will be met by our compassionate God whose capacity to give and to respond is infinite. So please don't be afraid. And hear when Jesus is calling to you, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. In the name of our Lord and Savior, amen.